Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I'm your host. And today, a special episode that we are dropping uh, the same day as the Hope for the Journey conference. Uh, however, if you do not know what the Hope for the Journey conference is, or if you're just finding this episode uh, and, and you are not anywhere near the conference, that's okay, too. Uh, what we wanted to do today was offer uh, some stories of hope from some families that have been walking this connected parenting journey for a while. And so uh, they, we, we got five families together and uh, talked about uh, the hard moments, the good moments, what we've learned, advice we would give to people who are just now starting out on this um, on this parenting journey. And so uh, if you are uh, early on in your parenting journey and you have been uh, struggling and you're just wondering, uh, is this even worth it? Can I do this? How, how do I go about uh, undertaking all of this? this, this is it. Like This is a great episode for you to listen to and, and, and to know that uh, all of us, man, we are all uh, basically falling uphill as we go through this thing, but uh, the journey itself is worth it. Uh, there is hope. Um, and uh, Tana says this during the, during the um, actual conversation, but uh, this, this method of parenting stands the test of time. It, it really does. It, it holds up. And so uh, this is just a conversation with uh, five families in, in a variety of different life situations who are uh, just coming together to share some stories of hope for you uh, and for us to, to be encouraged along the way. So hope you enjoy a special episode today, uh, Stories of Hope, uh, from folks who are on this Connected Parenting journey. Well, all right, it's the ETC podcast, and we are here with um, a bunch of different families. And what we're going to do is talk through um, our journeys uh, kind of individually into this kind of connected parenting world. And so um, we've got uh, Mark and Tana Ottinger from ETC who are with us, and we've also got three other families who I'll let them introduce themselves in a, in a moment. Um, but I will say for introduction's sake, before we get going, my, my wife Elizabeth is here. Um, and do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. I'm Elizabeth Wilson, <laughs> JD's wife. We okay. what? Did they know about us? We have four kids: two through adoption, two biological. Um, Me. I take care of our kids a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and do some designing work. Yeah. So Liz's background is in interior design, um, and you probably hear our children from the background right now trying to chime in and be like our our hype men and women um, because they are excited about this. Um, so if, if people didn't hear it. I do need them to make sure they heard one of your children say me. Didn't yeah. the background, did I hear that? That was amazing. They're talking yeah. about. That was I'm amazing. Sure there's, there's Wilson Child has been heard. Yeah. Uh, well, Audrey, why don't y'all introduce yourselves and then we'll jump into our questions next. Um, well, we're Mo and Tana and we've got six kids ranging from eight to, man, we have a, we have one that's turning 21 uh, this week. And then we, yeah, six kids. Do all the ETC things. Okay, let's pass it off to somebody else because y'all may know us a bit from other podcasting. How about uh, Terhune? Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Grace Terhune. I'm Matt. And we have three kids, two biological and one by adoption. And how old are y'all's kids? Range from 27 to 15. 
before we hit record, we did talk about how we are the mature ones here tonight. <laughs> we rejected the words old and talked about mature. So experienced. Experienced. That's exactly right. Well, we're so happy Yay. to have you all. I love it. I love it. Okay, pals. My name is Chris Powell, and this is my wife. I'm Paula. Uh, we've got two kiddos, um, six and two. Biological. Biological, six going on 30, <laughs> going on 25. <laughs> two precious ones. Um, loves, would you guys mind introducing yourselves? I'm Matthew Love. And I'm Antila. And we have three kids. Uh, two, two kids are through adoption. And one kid is biological, and their ages range from 10, 8, and all the way down to 3. Awesome. Um, why don't we go around and just, um, you guys can just share a little bit about how you came to find um, connection-based parenting and Empowered to Connect and TBRI, sort of what got you to the place of looking for these resources. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of your how'd you get here story. Well, I was, um, it's Grace, and I was just uh, desperate. And there was a group of moms meeting that um, adopted adoptive moms, and I met uh, Tana and found out that there was a, I think, one spot left in the teaching of ETC principles, the classes. And I came home to my husband. Uh, we wrote the check when I walked in the door. I started crying. I said, I think we found some answers. And so that's how we were introduced. And then the next day we started the classes. Yeah. And the path was a little more serendipitous than she's given credit. It was a little mystical and um, definitely sort of felt sort of led to the group. So it was it was really what we needed at just the right time. Yeah. Or according to our older kids, we needed it 10 years earlier. <laughs> what do you do? Totally, totally. Pals, how about y'all? Um, for me, it's kind of funny because I, um, I am most assistant. And so I would just hear stories about how it was being implemented in y'all's home. Um, and, um, for me, it, it was, I kind of thought it was unconventional compared to my background, um, just to kind of see children in a different way, um, kind of as, um, fellow humans. <laughs> mm. Um, and mm. so, um, and then I would assemble the notebooks, for the ETC classes. And so um, sometimes when I was printing things and skimming through things, extra copies would get made. <laughs> and then I'd bring them home and just kind of leave them in places where my husband might see as well. Um, and, um, you know, just mention tidbits to him. And so we kind of were getting like snippets as previews, um, but, and would, I would kind of try haphazardly to say some of the things or try some of the activities, but I didn't really know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what we we're doing or how to use it um, in its entirety. Um, 
but I made little attempts. Um, and then, um, then I got just around other couples and families that were using the curriculum as well in their homes and just seeing the transformations and, um, and so then Tana, you recommended, um, that we kind of take the plunge and just take the class instead of, um, piggybacking off of everybody. <laughs> um, and so we did. Instead of using your bootlegged. <laughs> your, your, <laughs> yes. Um, so that's how we got into it. You had all those copies with no answers in them. all those years. You could <laughs> to, to add a little bit of color yeah. commentary to that as well. Um, <clears throat> I think we were in a, a little bit of a challenging spot, just trying to make sure that we were understanding our kiddos well. Um, and me just being lazy um, in my parenting, honestly, was just kind of like, well, we'll figure it out as we go along. And, um, you know, Paula was gracious and, you know, trying to bring up the conversations, things like that. And so uh, there, it was never anything that I was like resistant to, um, but I, I just wasn't forward thinking enough for that. Whereas Paula was, she was really thinking for how, how can we best identify and connect with our kiddos? And uh, so just as we had more conversations and just, it made sense to me to go ahead and, and participate as well, like for us to just kind of join together. And thankfully, you know, we had a, a gentle nudge from you, Tana. So. <laughs> Thank you for calling it gentle. Uh, I'm no, I'm, I mean that in all, in all sincerity. It was very gentle nudge. Simo, I can be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Loves, do you guys mind sharing a little bit, just kind of how you found your way to... Um, yes, ours, our story, you know, we were fostering, um, and then that led to adoption. And so I guess for me, I just wanted something different, um, because I was tired all the time and frustrated and not really understanding how to get through to our kids, if that makes sense. Um, and then I had my own crap. That's an okay word to say, right? Yeah. Um, but I was like, <laughs> dealing yes, it's- <laughs> um, and so anyway, so just like all of that kind of, you know, led us to, and it helped that we all go to the same church mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of resources are at our fingertips, which is really helpful. So. Okay. So I, I guess we can also share um, kind of how we got connected into this as well. And, and it's, almost a hundred percent Elizabeth. And so, um, I would say early on in, in our, um, parenting journey, I mean, we, we were just finding that, that traditional things that we always thought we would do were not working. Um, and I wasn't trying to skirt around the word spanking, but that wasn't working either. And so like, I mean, we were just, uh, everything we tried seemingly was just, it did not feel right. It, it felt like we were missing something. It felt like we were not, um, building any type of, uh, community within our family, it felt like what was happening was we were just turning into uh, opposition. We were turning into um, uh, villains of each other. And uh, and we knew that wasn't right. But the, y'all, the feeling of desperation of just not knowing what to do in those moments was, um, 
was paralyzing for me. And so I would get apathetic or just kind of run away mentally, emotionally from uh, the situation and just hope that I could have little victories here or there. Um, Elizabeth was working for Mo actually at the time um, at our church and, uh, and had mentioned what, and what was, what was your first memory? Like, how did you hear about ETC to begin with? I think that we were just kind of talking about parenting one day at the office and Mo was like, Oh, y'all should take this class. And when I think back on it, I think how like kind and gentle that was. But you already knew what we know now, and how I want to be like <laughs> everyone take this, everyone do this. Uh, but it, I mean, we definitely, yeah. That's just we decided to yeah. just try it. And so we I, felt like we had no other answers. So why not try? Right, and I think so. We we wa- we went into the ETC parent trainer course, and you know I think a few weeks in, I was I was definitely beginning to understand like how much I had been missing so far. But then mm-hmm. um, I, I think for me particularly, it, it didn't really click until later that year. Um, the ETC conference was happening, and so we uh, we went to a church where it was being simulcast nearby, um, and sat in for it. And uh, I I can remember specifically Darren Jones and Dr. Purvis talking, and my mind just being completely blown um, with just the understanding of the of the brain science behind this and the simplicity that that they talked about it with. Um, it just sort of clicked and made sense. And so, um, yeah, so I, I would say from that point, we were pretty bought in. Now, we went through the parent training course three times um, because we weren't desperate for it at the different stages of life that our kids were walking into. And then, um, you know, as some of you have heard, if you've listened to the podcast a lot, we we were uh, a few years ago then asked to, you know, to kind of go through the parent trainer, uh, the train the trainer course. And so we became parent trainers. And now we've been a part of teaching a few of the courses um, with, oh gosh, with almost everybody in this room um, right now, which is great. And so, um, yes, yeah, so that, that was really kind of our, our journey into it. Um, what did th- this will be? And while loves, let me start with you guys. When you first tried to start kind of implementing this at home, do you have any memories of like your earliest kind of attempts to implement kind of connected p- parenting, ETC parenting into your house? It was a disaster. <laughs> I keep it real. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> We don't do redos. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it was. And so it was hard. It was. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah. and I think what was even what was hard about it was like, imagine your kids used to one type of parenting and all of a sudden it's like, let's do a redo. Because like, turn up. <laughs> so, so it, it was like trying to like, Stay to the truth of what we learned. Trust the process, as they say, and everything. You know, right. and our kids slowly understood what we we're trying to do. But yeah, it was kind of like a cultural shift for them and for us. Terhunes, what about you guys? Um, what do you think? I think, you know, there's a phrase we use, I think, early in the class where we talk about embracing the mask kind of getting rid of expectations and so you know we were already a mess so you know we didn't have a choice but to embrace um 
<laughs> I, you know, I think the story that probably summarizes us best, I, we were in that camp too of like, we weren't saying no redos, but you know, you just, you just have certain expectations. And so we were running late one night for to go somewhere and we were trying to clean up the house a little bit. And so I told one of mine, Hey, I need you to go back in that room. So your mom didn't have to do it. She's getting ready. And, uh, I come back and she's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Well, <laughs> you know that you don't do that. You, you know, now, now I've just got to make you do it on principle, right? And so I'm, I'm like doubling down and raising my voice and like doing everything ETC tells you not to. And, um, but I think I'm being cool and calm. And so I leave the room and I come back and she's like huddling for crying. And so Grace steps in, so, you know, basically says, let the adults handle this and chases me out of the room. And she starts to do all the ETC stuff and like brings her from the left and we come to realize that like the noise of the vacuum was just a trigger. It wasn't lack of cooperation. Mm. It was just like, she physically couldn't do it. And so just the awareness, you know, of just learning to see the world a whole nother way. Um, you know, grace was tuned in and was applying the principles and I was just immediately reverting back to, you know, to the default settings and, um, and to see that moment, really crystallized for me like here's the difference of what we're doing grace is asking hey what's behind this behavior what's going on because she's generally really cooperative and really sweet like why is this an issue and so you know for us it was just sort of working through those tough moments uh and sort of recalibrating and, and learning to look through different eyes so yeah yeah if that makes sense absolutely yeah Chris and Paula, for you guys, like when when this when this road started yeah. in in the Pal, like how how did it go for y'all, and, and what what were some of your memories of that? Well, it was completely successful. I mean, <laughs> Not I'm sorry. Um, I, honestly, um, uh, it 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 was a little rocky at first. I think uh, obviously, anytime that uh, like Matthew and Nancy, I think you bring up a wonderful point about a culture shift for your kiddos and understanding that and seeing that. I don't know that that was as much the case for our kiddos as much as it was like just for us, especially me, um, just the authoritarian, is that the correct term where it's just, you know, it's all based upon, you know, just struggling with my own pride my personal pride as a father, as, you know, a parent, just being like, oh, my kids listen to me. Like, my kid would never do that. It's, it's like, well, that's like, that's a very revealing statement. And that's just kind of where I was. So I, I think that the rockiness of it was really more so me and wanting to implement it regularly and, you know, effectively and, you know, graciously with our kiddos so I feel like I struggled too because I was used to kind of him taking the firmer hand Mm -hmm. and like me kind of being the good guy and so then when he was taking a a more like a gentler approach I found myself feeling like I was starting to tend more towards the bad guy and like (laughs) like I had to be more firm and um and one thing that was unique for us too with just the timing is like right when we finished our course is when 
COVID hit for us. And so things were, you know, put on, were shut down and we were forced to kind of um, be home a lot together. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really kind of sweet timing of like, we just finished this. I mean, I don't know where we would have been if like the pandemic would have hit before we took this class and Mm -hmm. um, we would have been unraveling even more, I think. But um, so that allowed us to really press in more and, um, you know, just be more creative with how we're using some of our tools. And, um, and even for me to just, I find myself like wanting to ask other moms, um, how they're doing things or to compare or, and so for me to not, not be out and about and have that, and just to kind of think, okay, well, how do I want to do things because of who our kids are. Um, and, and so that was helpful too and challenging to have to figure it out kind of on my own with the curriculum, if that makes sense, like figure out how it works for us. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mo and Tana, I mean, you guys have been in the ETC world, the longest of, of all of us. Um, and you know, when you guys started out on this journey, I mean, I think a lot of people have kind of heard that story before. It was was there one particular thing or principle that either of you remember latching on to early on that that particularly kind of moved to you, or, or, or was it more of a rush of kind of everything at once? Um, you know, I, th- I think that's a good question. I will say that when we first... We found the material first by me reading The Connected Child, and then I think Mo read The Connected Child, and then um, we were fortunate enough to go to the very first ETC conference all the years ago. Um, I think it was in Nashville, and I remember sitting there. Well, when I read the book, I'm I'm certain I cried the majority of the way through it um, because we were coming in such a place of desperation and just loneliness. And we were so, we had just um, become more and more and more isolated Mm -hmm. from community because we knew that there was something going on, you know, with our kids and with our family that we didn't really understand. And so how could we expect our community to understand that? We didn't have language or even sort of the next step on how to create change in our family that we desperate, we knew we needed. We knew something wasn't going the way that we had hoped it would go. And so there was a lot of, um, it's funny, JD, I don't think so much about like a tool. I think more about how I felt and I felt like I was sort of allowed to, to grieve and to, um, man, it was a lot of self-reflection. And so even like, how can I give myself um, compassion for the years that we've already been parenting? And um, so I think for me, it was like a pretty significant emotional reset of like, how do I start to learn something new while having a lot of guilt and grief and sadness over what has already happened here? Um, and then 
but but being willing to change at the same time. So I, I don't remember the first tools that we tried, but I definitely remember that paradigm shift being like something significant shifting under our feet. I don't know, Mo, what you would sort of add to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, re- read the book. I think read it in one day, The Connected Child. Went to the conference and, you know, the very first conference had 50, 55 people, you know. So you're just sitting in this little room with Dr. Purvis. And I, I, I sat there and cried the whole time of, of uh, imagine not that. For, not me, not me. And, um, and you know, I think even just uh, experiencing the teaching this week, you know, they, and even the way we do our class, the, the tools, the, the connecting, the, the correcting part and all that comes at the end, right? Like it's, and so I think for me, it wasn't a tool. I can, I would echo Tana, um, you know, and I think it's been alluded to, uh, and Tila said it, Chris said it, like, I think for me, I, I came back and fumbled my way through it. Um, Dr. Purvis said cowboy a lot. So I just said cowboy a lot, you know, and that wasn't working. Um, I, I mean, I remember Dax looking at me saying, I'm not a cowboy. I, I know, I know you're not. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, and, uh, but I, I think just looking back um, over the decade or whatever this has been, it's, it's been more about me and kind of this journey that I've had to go on and which I'm not real good at doing. Um, I don't, you know, I, um, and so I think just thinking about how to parent, you know, you come and you want the tools and you want to, you want to do right by your kids and you want to do better by your kids. But, you know, each one of my kids is different. Each day is different. Each season of life is different. And it's not an A plus B equals C. There's much nuance. And uh, to quote Antila, I had a lot of crap, right? And I just had to, I had to deal with that. And I'm still dealing with that. Like, even even I think the question's funny that we ask. Like, hey, do you remember when you started off? And f-? I'm still fumbling. I'm 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 like I'm still I want to <laughs> like like um, for, for those of you that think you hit a a point, I just think that's we're human. And so um, I'm grateful that um, what we know about the brain is um, repair and repairing with our kiddos is uh, helps rewire and helps bring connection. And so that may be my greatest tool right there is, is repairing. Um, so, yeah. Hey, uh, Terhunes, I saw you guys visually respond to something that Mo and Tana said early on. Um, when you talked about kind of the the past and and having to kind of like grieve your past and and you know for so for for everybody out there who is on ra- like a round two of parenting so they they parented a round of kids and they are now parenting a second round of kids do you guys want to speak to that and, and what that was like for y'all? Yeah, uh, in all honesty, there was a lot of regret um, that I had at first. Um, and a lot of tears, a lot of, I've messed everybody up. (laughs) Um, 
but yet so much hope. And what one of the ahas for me was how much work I needed to do. And I think it's um, on me. On me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that the journey I a child to a place that I haven't been um, in healing and in grieving. And so uh, when we first took the class, I think there were more tears um, and hope and um, courage to start the work. So that was, that was my nod. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Um, as you guys think about, as, as we all kind of think about, um, there's moments where you start to feel maybe some confidence or you start to feel like, I think we might be getting into a groove here. Or you have even like a small victory uh, here or there where something goes the way that you hoped it would go. And there's this like celebratory, like, you know, as soon as that kid turns the corner, you fist pump or you do your celebration dance or whatever. <laughs> maybe that's just me. But um, so... If, if you have a moment like that that you can remember, um, do you, anybody want to share one of those, like a moment that you had where you, where you were like, oh my gosh, this went great, and I'm, I'm super excited about it? I can I can sort of speak to that while everybody's having a chance to think about it. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you asked that question, J.D. Uh, you know, thinking about the hope piece of starting sort of connected parenting and hitting a paradigm shift. I I think when many of us come to not, you know, not everybody, but many of us come to a place of like shifting parenting because there is something that we feel innately needs to change. And we know that change is hard. And so most of the time, this would be including Mo and I came to, you know, ETC, slash trust-based relational intervention, TBRI, wanting some strategies to fix what we felt like was broken in our kids' behavior. That was like what our motivation was. Yeah. And so then we're like, oh, okay, hold on a minute. There's like all this other pre-work that needs to be done while actually having tools in our hands to address behavior. So it feels like this like very much both and thing. Um, so I, I do think that like even how we mark those successes is is almost like a reset. Because when you're trying something new, it's going to take a little while for you to learn how to do it. And when you're shifting a culture like Spin alluded to, that takes a while for your kids to get used to it. I think for us, it took longer than I wished that they would have. You know, we didn't fist bump each other for a while. Right. <laughs> we were like, oh, dear, we got to redo this and redrew it. Like it took us yeah. a little while to fist bump. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been interesting to even think about like what we fist bump is different than what it used to be. Like what we see as a success is like a whole different thing than maybe what it used to be. So maybe some of you guys have some ideas now. I'll let y'all share. I have one like personal for just myself and then one for one of our kiddos. But for me, I think I saw kind of evidence of that when um, like they would come to me and be like, I'm hurt. Normally I'd be like, okay, go play. (laughs) You're fine. You know? And so, but then once I was like, (laughs) 
okay, they need something right now. Like, let me ask more. Like, what happened? You know, do you need a Band-Aid? Band-Aids are great. Um, so, you know, just like whenever I would catch myself actually asking questions about how they fell or what they needed, I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like, I don't have to be dismissive, you know. <laughs> My lamps are hanging off, but you're telling me to go back and play. <laughs> Um, and then one of our kids got like, um, kind of the same situation that I was just talking about, but she got something in her eyes and I like immediately was like, all right, let's go to the bathroom. And I turned the water on and started flushing and she freaked out. And I was like, just keep your head under there. Like I got to rinse it out, you know, but I wasn't like rude. I was like, I need to help you right now because I don't know what's in your eye. Um, and then a couple of minutes later with like big tears in her eyes, she was like, I've never done that before. And I was really scared, you know? And then I was like, Oh, like I should have asked you like, Hey, are you okay with this? Like, this is what needs to happen. How do you feel yeah. about that yeah. sort of thing? But for her to even come back and say like, this is why, you know, I was crying or I didn't want to do it. That sort of thing. That was a big deal for her because she normally, she'll just kind of go with the flow and just leave it like it is. And, you know, for her to come and actually say what was going on and why she was acting the way she was. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else have a moment like that early on when you had a a small win? I don't remember like exactly the circumstances, but I remember being just super overwhelmed by oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. Nobody gave me like an exact playbook and like I'm supposed to do this first and then this and then this and that doesn't make sense in my brain. I'm overwhelmed and I'm freezing up in the moment and because I can't use the old junk tools that I had before. And so (laughs) got to figure this out. So I kind of had for myself like a map out of like, okay, I'm gonna like be playful first and try to like redirect. And if that doesn't work I'm gonna go to you have two choices and I definitely started two choices with one of them always being a punishment and I learned (laughs) I can't do that and so um but the first time that I used two choices correctly it worked and I just remember thinking like oh my gosh that really happened like that worked like we didn't have to go to this level, you know, 1,000. Um, we could work that out so easily. Like, And I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was definitely a situation of, hey, you can go do this thing or I can come with you while you do that thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the child was, okay, will you come with me? And just remembering that so often is what our kids need or want is our presence, um, more of us being available to them. Um, that's, so when I'm still struggling, cause I am also always learning and trying to figure this thing out um, at different stages. And I've, I try to always go back to that. Like, how can I offer myself in this situation? Mm. Um, because that's usually what's needed. Yeah. That's really good. I can't think of anything uh, specific like I can't think of an exact moment I know that we've had several like just wonderful little victory moments um, that that we could even recall but um, 
I can't think of anything specific. I do know, like I, I do remember at one point in time, just being flustered um, with one of our kiddos and honestly just settling down in the moment instead of allowing it to escalate to something greater or getting frustrated. Like I remember having a conversation with him and honestly, like it's just the, the same thing that everyone is saying, like not being dismissive of what they feel, not being dismissive of their perspective and, you know, like treating them like fellow humans. Um, but I remember having a conversation and then later that night, you know, me and Paula tend to have like, like debriefs at the end of the night for, for like difficult conversations that we've had with kiddos, just kind of talk about things and even give suggestions to each other about perhaps we could do this next time. Um, but I, I just remember being super caught up in the moment and just being like, honestly, I think in this, to preface it, I, like this isn't the only thing, but um, I just remember in the moment, like in the end, I, I care more that my kiddo knows that he has my love rather than just him obeying me, you know? So I thought that that was a huge win, just even for, for me as a parent, that, that sounds really silly to say, but um, <laughs> just in the moment, like it's just reflects like where I was at, like that a whole lot in the beginning was, more or less focused on just obedience and um and not necessarily on uh, excuse me not wanting them to to um know that I love them more than anything so yeah yeah, yeah. And I think for for me um I think a lot of my like confident ETC parenting moments have come with our with our youngest now, and um, and and it sort of trickled up. But uh, I can vividly remember. Uh, so this wasn't at the beginning of our time. This was maybe a. F- it's might even been a few weeks ago. Um, we were in Target, and everyone knows kind of what's coming. And uh, our our youngest just lost it, and is you know yell yelling at me, not crying, throwing a fit yelling stop get away from me and i am white and she is african-american so anytime that dynamic happens and everyone else in the entire universe takes notice in that moment to see what is happening (laughs) you know the early parent in me would have lost my ever-loving mind. And not in anger, like in complete humiliation, embarrassment. And I would have wanted to, as quickly as possible, nervously laugh to everyone around me and be like, oh man, this is great. And like take off running with her or something. Um, and instead, I just remember like this, I didn't say this out loud, but I remember thinking like, that doesn't work on me. Like, I don't care who's looking at us right now. Like just keep them like dead, dead ahead at her and, um, and you know, getting down on her level and, talking like you know that's not the right way to speak to me about this and so what are you what are you wanting to tell me right now what are you wanting to do what do you need and just a clear communication of a need we went and knocked it out 
had a great rest of time in Target. And I mean, I, I have no idea who actually looked at that moment. I genuinely didn't even glance around me, which for my personality is a massive win. And so to be at that point where I'm not parenting out of insecurity anymore and where I'm I'm fine to go there with our people. And I mean, Mo, I, I can remember um, hearing stories of, of yours and and that being something that I aspired to, I, I thought, golly, I hope I can get to that point at some at some point because I feel like Mo is ready to be there with his kids all the time. And so um, I guess as we think about sort of turning the page in the conversation, we um, – you know, we'll have a lot of folks that listen to this uh, after going to um, an ETC event or going to the, the Show Hope Hope for the Journey conference or maybe going through practitioner training with TBRI or, or just getting exposed to the material in some form or fashion. Um, folks might be listening to this uh, in hopes of, of finding out some type of advice from uh, from real people, from people who have, have just been doing this for a little bit. Um, where would you guys start in just kind of giving some encouragement to those that are just starting out in this? journey based on you know you know where you've gone so far i think one thing uh, that i would just give encouragement to is that unlike any profession like you can get an internship or apprentice or get do some kind of residency uh when it comes to parenting and marriage like you just go off the playbook you observed and experience you know and so i think one thing about etc was that the way I parent is based on what I've seen or experienced from my parents. Uh, but it was, but having the disposition of, okay, maybe what I observed and experienced is not the standard. Maybe there are some other ways that can be able to connect with my kids. And, and I love how everyone said is it's more of a reflecting on who you are as a person, how to connect with your kids, because at the end of the day, yeah. um, it's really, you're deconstructing your model of a mother or father who you should be and how you should like really relate to your kids. Cause I think really what hit me the most was like behind every behavior, there really is a need. Uh, and it really could see that with, yes. especially with one of our children, particularly like, like for every thing that you're doing, there is something, a deep need that you have not a, expressed until we really talk about it. You know, so that was just my current relationship. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would say that um, to piggyback on you and realizing that, oh, there's so much hope. And um, when you feel desperate or kids aren't sleeping and, I mean, you're at a place of help, there's help. Um, And there's a community of people, um, single parent, um, taking a class with a dad, um, her own father or um, partners or um, couple, um, grandparents, taking this class and receiving hope, receiving um, a paradigm shift, receiving a, a community in a sense of knowing maybe who to text one of the teachers um, to help wonder and be curious about how we're made and how our kids are made um and realizing that the connection and the long term as we've been doing this for a bit we sure don't have it down at all but to to think back where we were um wow I don't have a lot of aha moments I don't remember them I guess a little bit of 
sometimes, but to remember um, those those aha moments a long, a long period of time has just been a blessing. So um, I would I would say the hope, uh, and there's a different way, um, and it involves structure and nurture um, and loving and connecting with your kids. Um, I guess that one of the things that I would think would be a good encouragement, and I'd love for Paula to, to chime in as well, but um, I think one would perhaps be not to take yourself so seriously. Um, just yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, because I mean, JD is like kind of that moment that you're sharing, like being able to be in the moment with your kiddo and let them have your attention, and you know, as opposed to, being concerned with what's happening around you and allowing that to, to even affect how you parent, um, in that moment. Um, but like, don't take yourself so serious, so seriously in, in that regard, but also in being able to be just super silly in mm-hmm. public, even for, at, you know, at the expense, like at the expense of your, you know, self pride, um, so that you can connect with your kiddos. Like, I, I, I've got to say this. If y'all have never heard of Bluey, it's a show, I would highly recommend, even if you don't have kids, to watch that show. There's so much connection between the father. It's, these, it's about these dogs. And the father who just will lay it on the line and look silly, you know, around other people. In, to play with his kids and to connect with his kids. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my encouragement. Maybe not take yourself so seriously. <laughs> you, the name of the show got muffled. What was the show? Yes. Bluey. Bluey. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's on Disney. <laughs> it's a good one. Plug. Um, yeah, I would agree with that too. I, I really appreciated the portion of the, class where we talked about play because that's an area that I struggle in a lot um like my idea of play is like let me organize a craft for us to do together and I want us to sit down and for you to follow my instructions and then <laughs> I'll take a picture of the finished product so fun and that I mean I have two boys and that's not their idea of play and so even I was catching myself at the playground this past week and like thinking back to like a year ago when I would want to be on the sidelines correcting and trying to have a conversation with another mom. Um, and thinking that's how the time should look. Um, but instead I was, you know, going down the slides and shooting guns, you know, air guns and, um, you know, dodging bullets. Um, and, um, <laughs> air bullets. Um, and another thing I wanted to say was that, um, just how good it could be just for your marriage and um, to do something like this together, um, and to be on the same page, um, like with me just kind of getting snippets and having ideas of even what I wanted to do before we did the class, we just weren't like on even 
grounds with their parenting. And so there was a lot of dissension. And um, I remember even having a conversation one time where I was trying to um, tell him how I disagreed with the way that he had responded. And he was, he's, I don't remember what he said, but something like, well, how should it be done? And I remember saying, I, I don't know, but I don't think that that's the way. And so we're just both confused <laughs> and trying to correct each other with what we didn't yeah. even know what what was like, mm-hmm. you know, right or what we wanted. Um, and so that was, it was really great for us to take the class together and to learn together and to start implementing things together and still like, as you're saying, like just keep working at it together. Um, Sorry. Well, and then I would say too, just to any single parents, I was raised by a single parent. And so I've just heard a lot over the years of like, as I've been trying to teach my mom as a grandma, some of the things that we are wanting to implement with our kiddos, um, but she just has said, like, I've, I've just always tried to do the best with what I knew. Um, and so for, like you were saying earlier that the community, I think is great just to have other people that are attempting the same things that you are and, um, trial shooting and, um, troubleshooting. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, and then just to figure out their creative ways of implementing something or like sayings that they do um, is so good just from doing the class as a community. Yeah, I, and I just wanted to say this real briefly for, for any of the couples that are considering this. So we had gone through the class and me and, and Paula kind of hit a little bit of a breaking point. It was Christmas, wasn't it? It's Christmas Day. We got to, (laughs) Um, but I I just remember we. It wasn't breaking a point where, like, I don't know, what do we do with our kids? It was with with us trying to implement certain things certain ways, and just at each other's throats. Um, So. uh, Like just a, a bit of encouragement in light of that to would be like can continue on and, and try and do as graciously as possible um and, and considering obviously your kiddos but also your spouse for for the couples that that would be trying to implement um a lot of these things as well yeah that's really good um mo and tana what what do y'all think i mean you know it, this is sort of your job to give advice for the folks starting now in this journey. But when you think about your own journey now and, and what, what you guys needed early on, um, what, what was it for you guys that, that you would want to pass on to somebody else that was in your early shoes? A few things come to mind right away. And of course I'd be super curious to hear what Mo says in a few minutes, but um, one is making change takes time and takes practice and be really kind to yourself. I mean, I think that's like my biggest encouragement would be that like, I think we understand when we think about, you know, teaching our kids something new that repetition is needed and time and patience. So you're going to try some tools and it's not going to work. 
the first time or the second time or the third time. And, you know, don't, don't despair and don't give up. So just, just give yourself and your family room to breathe and grow um, and stay the course. So I think that would be my, my biggest point of encouragement is just be, be kind to yourself, give yourself time. Um, and, and we're in this for the long haul. This is not the easy button. Like, I'll just say that we talk about this a lot as like investment parenting. You are making a significant investment in relationship and payoffs in relationship look a little different. And that sometimes means that there's going to be some behaviors that you're like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. And I, I never thought that this would fly in my house but I'm going to figure out what's going on behind that behavior because I want relationship because relationship is what's going to carry us the long way. And, you know, our oldest is turning 21 this week and we did hit major reset. I don't know when our oldest, you know, couple were, I don't know, five, six or so. So we've been in it for a while. And and I can genuinely say it does, it does go the distance. Like this kind of parenting goes the distance. And I'm not saying everything's perfect or everything's amazing. There's struggles. Right. There's struggles right. every single day because family and relationships come with struggle. They just do. But the connection and the relationship is the foundation. It goes the distance. So I would say just, just persist. Persist. Like decide that you're going to do it and then persist through it. Um, Repair and be kind to yourself. Mo, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think about, um, and I, I would echo um, all that you just said. Um, I think we've got, I mean, the gift is just, I mean, what we're talking about is just being intentional in our parenting, being intentional with connecting to the heart of our kiddos and, you know, all the stories that have been shared, um, whether it's slowing down to put a Band-Aid on a kiddo's knee or slide down a slide or dodge air bullets or whatever you're doing, right? But it's, all of that is intentional and um, it's slowing down and being present for your kiddo and, you know, I would I would say the gift of of the messiness of parenting, uh, the beautifulness of parenting is, um, you get you get to um, you get to you get to be human <laughs> with these other humans in your house, and you get to learn and grow and um, you get to cry and laugh and and repair and and. And it, it takes time. It, it, it just, but I look back on 15, 16 years of, of connection parenting. And um, I, I know that um, I've got, you know, each relationship's different, but I mean, oftentimes I look and go, man, I'm my kids. Like um, I have a relationship with each of my kids And, um, I have, man, I have, we all have, but man, the things that we have done and the places we have gone and like, this is not how I envisioned it. And this is, you know, this is not what I thought it was, but it's sweeter 
it's harder, it's better, it's all those things. Like I'm grateful that I couldn't imagined it. And yeah. I'm grateful that my children have taken me on this journey. And that that's that's a gift. And I mean, I will say too, and uh, you know, I'll try not to tear up on this, but like when I see um each of you on this screen, right? This community. And I mean, I remember 15, 16 years ago, there wasn't any, you know, I, I remember being in that park with other parents and doing things differently and hearing the things being said about us because we were doing it different. Um, and people not understanding what we were doing. And um it can it can be lonely too, right? Like your family may not understand what you're doing. You may not, you know, you may be listening to this and you may not have this deep community around you. And and um so I, I mean I just I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the community that we have. I'm grateful um for those that kind of encourage us each day to 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 keep at it and i just uh, i would hope that all of us would have community um that could challenge us and spur us on and in those lonely i mean let's be honest there are lonely many lonely times as a parent and um we need to have community um so i i'm grateful for what parenting has done to me and for me and on and on yeah yeah. Uh, Grace and Matt, what do y'all think? Um, I, I was really tracking with what was just said. So it's, it's got my mind and heart going several places, but, um, so I don't want to get too far off the beaten path, but I think, you know, earlier someone said, yeah, I just want to tell everyone to take this. And I think for me, what I've seen is, is it's, 100% change how we parent for sure. Um, and it's, and that's been amazing, but it's not just been like our adopted kid. It's been our biological kids. It's yes. been how we relate to the rest of our family. It's how I relate to my siblings and it's made me a better manager of people at work. It made me understand the world around me better. Yeah. It's made me more compassionate when I see things going on in the city and I understand you know what? I mean, it has changed how I see the world, and um, I just, you know, like like I said, I mean, you look over the years. I think we've been in this six or seven years now, and I just, you know, you just want to roll back the clock and get it sooner. And and it's just made me a, it's it's made us more compassionate. It's made us more generous with people. Um, you know, not just our, own, you know, we can. Our children might have different opinions of how well it's helped with the parenting, but it's definitely <laughs> helped with all these other relationships. And um, we just keep going back to the hope thing. For me, having more tools and having that paradigm shift is is what makes me hopeful. It's not just the idea that hey, things can be better, but it's really having like the traction of uh, of having a, a you know tools in the bag and a way of seeing the world that makes sense to me in ways that my old paradigm didn't. Grace, anything to add to that? Or is that, you co-sign all that? Honey man got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
I did, and, and I did good if I got a honey man, so I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'll say this just in case anyone is listening and feels this way. I when we first went through the class, you know, we've said we we knew stuff wasn't working and we just felt lost and like, what the heck are we doing? Um, but I also felt like this is permissive and this is. I can't get behind this. This isn't it either. Um, But then, as we've all kind of alluded to in different ways, like, that was my problem. That was my issue. It had nothing to do with my kids or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not permissive at all, actually. Um, It's a way, like we've all said, to connect with our children and get to the heart of what is really going on and so much deeper and I feel like lasting um, than just, I think what traditional parenting aims at is just behavior modification, Um, a quick fix and ability to um, settle in the moment and get it, you know, that, that behavior is not going to happen in in this house and all those things we've said already. Um, and it's just been such a gift to, um, apologize to my kids. Um, and I mean, that happens every day for me at some point. Um, but I think, I, I think it will be a gift to them later, but it's already just such a gift to me to, be able to do that and, and not to have the internal voice like what is wrong with you that you need to apologize to your kids like what kind of a mom are you are you not running this show um those are definitely like thoughts I had at the beginning and so um I think just it is long work it it's so worthwhile and honestly if I I, I believe with all my heart <clears throat> you will see changes and there will be beautiful stories to come out of this work in anyone's family. But as we've all said, and this was not planned, but it has been so much more um, a work in each of us than our kids and what our kids needed. And so I just think that's so beautiful that we've all kind of spoken to that, that we came into this maybe for one reason, but it really has made us think long and hard about where we've been, what is our own idea in our head of what parenting looks like, how to have relationships. Um, and then it does trickle down into like every avenue. Yeah. And I would just say like, um, in general, my personality is always want to find the most fun thing or the most exciting avenue to do something in. And, and with parenting, um, that, you know, it was not that way early on with me. Like I found myself just dreading, dreading it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say like uh, two things about that. Now I think there's this there's this idea of us all kind of going on these adventures together. And if there's no if there's no need for me to be this perfect authoritarian that whoops the tail of anybody who would come against me so everyone knows to respect me and not to challenge my authority. Like if I don't have that pressure on me anymore, uh, now I know we can go in this thing together. And if one of us makes a mistake, there's five others of us ready to, to step in and be there with each other and, and for 
for us to continue going together um, through that. So that that's one part of it. The other thing I will say is just really practical. I, I genuinely just believe this is the most effective form of parenting there is. And I was talking with a friend yesterday, um, and, and he just said, all right, now, I, like, not spanking, not throwing out consequences, not, not like making sure your kids know who's the boss. Like, I don't mean to sound rude, but do you, like, how do you ever get your kids to obey you? Like, cause isn't that the goal? And it was as if they put it up on the tee for me. I was like, let's talk about that. Is that the goal? Um, and here's what I found is that if I can, if I can step in and it requires like we've all have said this immense self-work, but if I can step in, uh, in, in humility and confidence to go with my kids to hard places, to sit with them patiently while we work stuff out together to get to the heart of what actually happened and what actually needs to happen. And then we can kind of build that bridge together. The more that happens, the more confidence they're going to have in right decisions when the road forks going forward. And the less they're going to need to rely on me to come and do it with them, right? And so, uh, it, you know, the best example, best analogy I can think of, because I'm a, more of a sports-minded person, is you never see Steph Curry uh, warming up before games with a shooting coach and see him miss a three and the coach reach around and just smack the crap out of him. <laughs> like you never see that. That's not an effective form of coaching, right? Like if he was if he was beat every time that he missed a shot, like he wouldn't make more shots. He would just be injured. And so the the idea is with every shot that he puts up, that coach is helping give just a little course corrections, little adjustment, and he's going with them all over the floor to give those course corrections and those adjustments. And what happens is those reps over time build up to where he now doesn't need that shooting coach every moment of warm up or during practice like but but those things over time did build and and mold him into the the guy who's able to do what he does now and so that's that's the goal for our kids as well is that these repetitions of uh yes redos but also being willing to just say it's okay that we're in a hard place. We're here together, and we're going to stay with it together until we get through. Um, it, the more that can happen, now the better chances our kids have of eventually building those bridges themselves and being able to walk across them. I think for me, the biggest encouragement is to be okay with the repair process. Um, a lot of ruptures going on in the love house. So I'm just going to be honest. So that repair is like super important. And just like the most recent example, um, I was on spring break and the girls were not. <laughs> and so I had all of the children, two of which were online learning. COVID can go to you know where because I feel like it's just adding, obviously, a whole nother layer of stress. Um, Gosh. But I had to keep being like, why are y'all not in class? You know, I'm very kind the first couple of times. (laughs) After a while, the power went out and everybody just kind of lost their minds. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And that's when I got loud and like very... (laughs) Yelly and you go upstairs, you're going to go lay down and you little three-year-old, I don't care where you go, you know, and it's not good. Um, and so I called Matthew and I was like, either you need to come home or I'm just going to walk out. Like, I'm just being honest. <laughs> 
Um, but like after I talked to him, I calmed down and our sweet little three-year-old was like, mommy, I did not like that voice. Um, oh, my gosh. Me. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, okay, here comes the repair. Give me a minute. I need to get my thoughts together. You know, I need to stop right. crying because at that point I was like, Matthew, I, 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 I go home. you know, um, <laughs> I was like that worked up and like that frustrated. Um, so anyways, I walked upstairs and the girls were just like, you know, like she's never yelled like that. Like she can, <laughs> that was like, like I, my hands were shaking. Like I was just furious. Um, and so I had a moment where I was, you know, just able to sit down and be like, okay, this is what it is. Like, I'm sorry. I should not have yelled that way. And I even got down to like, you know, like I am scared because one, we are black in America. Like it's scary. Yeah. And so I told them, I said, I am not parenting eight and 10 year olds right now. I am parenting 20 and 18 year olds right now. Um, And so just like having to explain to them, like I am more worried about your future than I am about the present because your kids right now you're cute you're cuddly everybody loves you you know that sort of thing but when you're an adult like that's just a whole new conversation and so in that moment I think the more of the frustration was you're not listening you're not paying attention in class oh my gosh you're gonna fail this grade and we're gonna have to do this and you know just like all these things were kind of just going and I didn't recognize that at first until I started to apologize and like talk um to them about it because they're very aware of you know their feelings thankfully and I have the space to say this is what I'm struggling with which you know typically parents are like don't show your child your weaknesses you know like don't try and trust them because then you're gonna know like how to push the buttons but I'm like I need you to know like this is what is going on with me so that we're we're a team and we got to kind of be in it together so yeah a lot of repairs (laughs) yeah thank you for sharing that Matthew what about you what what, yeah what do you what do you think about courage for the people who are listening is that, again, you, it was said earlier, but just trust the process. Like, you know, like anything you do in life, uh, if you try it just one day, one week, and you don't see results, it can be frustrating. But again, just trust in the process, and it's been very fruitful. And I think the fruitful part for me is not really just with kids, but just in the community of people that we parent our kids around who do not know ETC, is seeing how they, it's kind of like the gospel. Like, they're like, what is this? Like, and, but not only being curious, but then right. trying to mimic things they see us do. And even here, like my own, like when we went to my parents' house, uh, like hearing my parents, like just commend Tila just for the way she talks, the way she interacts with kids. Because like, it's like, even my grandmother who's 89 is like, this is stuff we would never do. It's like, what is this you're doing? Yeah. You know, and it's very encouraging seeing that. Yeah. Uh, and I think going back to the overall, why is this such a great encouragement? Because it's not about obedience from our kids, but we really want to have connection with our kids. You know, and I think yeah. this, that's why you should persevere and continue, uh, regardless of what you may experience or what you may see, but continue persevering experience uh, as we want that connection. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be long-winded. Can I, can I share something? 
Of I, course, yes. Of course. Like, no, no, don't be long-winded. <laughs> Matthew Tila just, like, I mean, everyone is just bringing up a wonderful point of, like, vulnerability with your kiddos that creates connection. Yeah. I, I, I had a recent conversation with a family member, um, and, you know, I was explaining that. I apologize to my kiddos whenever I've just reacted poorly. And um, usually that conversation's that conversation morphs into them asking me more questions that are almost revealing for me. Like, well, why did you act like that? Like, why did you do this instead of this? And it, it's almost one of those things where you almost want to take back your apology. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. Like, I'm trying to create a, an environment of humility here, but you're, you're questioning me now. Like, the point is, is that, like, I've seen moments when I haven't apologized, like, when I've been really staunch in my position as a parent, and that completely breaks any sort of immediate relationship that I could have with my kiddos. But the moments when I have, you know, that vulnerability and apologize, and, and I am like what Matthew was saying, like when I am more focused on, on that, what it creates is um, like this harmony almost in later conversations where they can have more input into the things I'm questioning. Like is if, if my kiddos have a perspective that I'm never wrong, like for anyone who's listening to this, to have the perspective that you should not apologize to your kiddos, like, Maybe this is going to be edited out of the podcast. That's wrong. That's a lie that you, you you shouldn't lean into, that you can't apologize to your kids and even confess when you're wrong. Yeah. Um, primarily because if my kiddos operate from a perspective that I'm not wrong, they will not come to me for things. 100%. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so good. I'll I'll just respond to that real quick, Chris. That won't be edited out because that is, I would agree with that in a million ways. I think that so much of what's happening in a family structure when you're making this paradigm shift is you're sort of all stepping into your like humble humanity together. And as we are walking this out and we decrease the expectation that we're perfect. We give our kids freedom to grow and to change and to apologize and to make mistakes. And we release them from pressure or anxiety of, you know, perfection. And so I I feel like, you know, if I could think back to like major moments of repair, relational repair have come at the acknowledgement of Mo and I saying, you know, we were really, off base here, or we made a mistake, or this is what we did that was wrong, and owning that and modeling taking responsibility for behavior is actually how your kids learn to take responsibility for their behavior. If you don't do it, you're asking them to do something that you're not modeling yourself, and so you're, you're showing them the way. You're literally showing them this is how this works, and we never have to apologize for our feelings. You don't have to say, I was feeling angry and I'm really sorry I was angry. No, I was feeling angry. I'm sorry I did A, B, or C, or D in anger, but we don't need, we don't have to apologize for having an emotion or a feeling or, you know, anything. I, I 
so much appreciate Antila, how you just modeled, you just showed us the way to do that with our kids. Like to go in with your kids and say, Hey guys, I, in this moment, I reacted this way because I'm afraid of, you know, any number of things. We're not making excuses there. We're modeling that emotions make us act certain ways. That's just, that's human beings behavior. So that that happens to all of us. And so, you know, I, I super appreciate the fact that the conversation went to that place and, you know, very much appreciate Antila, you just pinpointing that like parenting in the fear of the future, you know, especially you as a black mom raising, you know, black children in this society right now, like of of course you're going to be thinking about what you have, what we need to do right now to protect them for tomorrow. I mean, that's, it's a very real reality that you hold. And, and and I remember times even for myself of like being really worried about a behavior. Like if we do not stop this behavior at age seven, this is going to take us to all these horribly scary places. Like if I can't get my kid to stop lying at seven, their future is doomed. You know, we we all have a tendency to sort of swell into the future and that can cloud everything about our reactions. So when I say like, be kind to ourselves, that's just going to happen. Like just sort of say, oh, that's going to happen to me. I am going to see a behavior in my kids and it is going to make me feel cloudy and overwhelmed and scared or, or guilty. I mean, sometimes I think we can go to the future in fear and we can go to the past in guilt. You know, maybe you were sharp or you know, short-tempered or snappy this morning, and then your kid's doing something and they may need some structure. They may need some redirection. And you're feeling so guilty about being mean mommy earlier that you're too lenient right now. So like we can parent out of guilt of what we didn't do last, you know, last night or how mean we were last night and we're too lenient. Or we can be terrified of the future and be like way over responsible mindful acknowledgement that that's happening in all of us as parents is is the work that we're talking about that we need to do. Um, Now, it's going to be different for every one of us. For all different kinds of reasons, it's going to look and feel differently. But I do think just that's very familiar to me. So I I appreciate y'all saying that. I think it's, it's key. Any other last thoughts before we uh, jump off here? Um, anybody have any, any more things they want to share before we go? Uh, well, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, and for those of you listening, I, I just wish that I could convey the quality of people that are in this call that you're getting to hear today. Like, um, if you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is just contrived and fake and all that, um, it, you know, everybody who is in this call, like, is personally like really just working their tails off to go there um, and be on the journey with their kids and are really um, are really doing it and by really doing it I mean like like we're saying like repairing when they make mistakes and um, being willing to jump in and, and not not parenting perfectly um, and so I, I just have so much respect for all of y'all and um, you know we're, we're better for knowing you so thank you so much for jumping in with us today and sharing your opinions and and thoughts and um yeah, can't wait to hear uh, more in the future. Thank you, guys. 
Oh, a huge, huge thank you to Grace and Matt Terhune, to Mo and Tana Ottinger, to Matthew and Antila Love, uh, to uh, Chris and Paula Powell, and uh, to my wife, Elizabeth. And, um, and we, we are just really grateful for all of them for joining us today and, and being uh, both vulnerable and hopeful uh, and real. Um, I, I assume that you feel like I do about this, but it was a great conversation. I mean, we we get off the uh, off the call, and all of us just said, uh, "Well, I don't know how this will play uh, for everybody else, but I needed this tonight." And so, uh, I hope you're as encouraged as we all were from just kind of remembering um, what this journey is like and um, the highs and lows of it, and how worth it it really is. So, uh, just know if you're starting out and you're you're in that place of feeling lonely, like we talked about, feeling like you're the only ones, um, you're not. You're really not. Uh, there are, are thousands of us that are walking the same road with you. And so just know that uh, it's worth it. You can do it. Um, but that we are choosing to go on this journey with our kids. Um, that we don't have the pressure of, of going for them or, um, or leading them in a place that we've never been. Like we're going to go together into these places. And so uh, for Mo and Tana Ottinger, for everybody at ETC, um, and for uh, Kyle Wright, who edits our engineers our audio for Tad Jewett who created our music. I'm JD Wilson and we will see you next week on the Empower to Connect podcast.